What's up, everybody? It is Pints with Pat, and we are getting towards the end of February. Man, I think we only have one of these left, the end of February. Um, this weekend, doing that Spartan race on uh, the west side of Jacksonville. I've never done one before, but got a small team together. If anyone listening is interested, it's a bunch of real estate guys that are doing it. So uh, shoot me a text or reach out on uh, Instagram or Facebook and we'll get you on our crew. Um, but it should be should be a good time. Like I said, I have no idea if they're super difficult or uh, easy. They look pretty intense online, so I'm looking forward to that. And then the weekend after that, March 4th, is the second uh, miracle morning we're doing. I think we're going to call them Sunrise Muscle and Mindset um, morning. So looking forward to that also and setting up the workout programming and the meditation will be really fun. Um, what's been on my mind this past week was uh, something I've mentioned before, but just embracing the different seasons of life. Uh, there's seasons to make money. There's seasons to spend more time with family. Uh, there's seasons of learning, there's seasons of taking in information and not forcing something that's not natural in, in a, in a different season, right? So not being, being in Massachusetts and wearing your bathing suit and no shirt in the winter time, right? Not forcing it, uh, wearing the clothes, acting accordingly for whatever sort of season it is. Um, we got into that a little this morning. Um, John Brooks was nice enough to let me speak to his brokerage, Momentum Realty, all their agents. And, uh, that's what we talked about this morning was like, this is, you know, it, this is a different season of life right now. So we need to embrace it. Uh, and over the past couple months, I've been thinking a lot about what season I'm in personally. Um, and, uh, when, when I think about that, uh, I try to think about, you know, what was going on a year ago and what I have going on now. And actually another, you know, John Brooks shout out is he suggested me, uh, I read this, the Sam Zell book, um, Sam Zell, am I being too subtle? And, uh, I, I just finished it and he talked about this one time he was overseas and I forgot where he was Europe or something like that. And he was sick, sitting with a group of wealthy investors and this woman walked up with a big, uh, a big bag full of weed. And she sold them this massive grocery bag full of weed for like $10, right? And so they're all, Sam Zell and all these wealthy investors are all sitting about smoking, smoking reefer. And uh, someone asked him, you know, what do you, what do you do for a living? And he told the guy that he was a professional opportunist. And I thought that was so interesting. I've just never heard it put that way. And it really, it, it's, it struck me because reading his book, he talks about all his ventures, his business ventures and what he did through life. And that's really what he did, right? He didn't, he, he was so good and, and so successful because he wasn't wearing a bathing suit in the winter in the Northeast, right? He rolled with the punches. He took a step back took a contrarian view to what was normally happening in the market, used his own opinion. He looked at the data and used his own opinions to make investment thesis and execute on it. Um, so I, I, I thought about that for, you know, what we have going on right now. And I, I simplified it down into kind of a process of, 
observe, identify, and execute. That's what Sam Zell did so good time and time again. Um, one fund would close out and he'd look for the next opportunity and execute on it. So there were several times where a fund would close out and his investors would be like, Yo, what's the next one? Sam, what's the next one? Let me give you more money. Let me give you more money to do the next deal. And he would say, hey, I either don't have a deal right now or I'm not doing the same fund again because I think the opportunity has gone. And I just think that is a great way. Um, it's a great way to look at this season of life for Yellowbird and what we're doing. Because we already did, we already went through the painful process of cleaning up all the chaos. We didn't have chaos going on, but everything that was going on that was the whirlwind of the day, that's all been cleaned up. So the next step is to observe, identify, and execute um, opportunity, whether it's in the real estate market or business or, or whatever it may be. Um, another lesson just kind of that, that I've been through over the last couple months that may help some people is it's very, it's impossible, or I didn't find it possible to observe, identify, and execute in a time when you're working 70 hours a week nonstop, um, especially with young kids in the house. Uh, it's very hard to find white space time to do the stuff you need to do, um, which is reading articles, listening to podcasts, talking to people, um, talking, talking to people about what they're doing. It's, that's the stuff you need to do. Um, you need to be able to identify opportunity, read between the lines, and then, uh, and, and it's speed to action after that executing on whatever it is. That's why I think that's why I have such a negative view about, you know, kind of real estate education and all that, all the guru stuff on Facebook and Instagram. It's because if, if a cycle has flown through and it's in a place now where rather than executing on this, uh, executing on this real estate, uh, strategy, that's really profitable. These gurus think it's better to spend their time selling education to the general public. That should be red, red flags, bright flashing lights should be going off that, Hey, it's probably not a great opportunity anymore. If they're spending their time trying to get money from you, selling you education rather than executing on the actual opportunity. So just keep that in mind, uh, from, from a, you know, different point of view or different perspective. Uh, I think very rarely do these coaches and gurus have the actual people <laughs> that they're selling to in mind. I think it's just uh, very much money-making, uh, a money-making plan rather than <laughs> getting the good word out there. So I think you look at a, a career like Sam Zell's and, uh, you know, I feel like that is a very intelligent way to execute, right? So he described himself as a professional opportunist. So that's just what I'm thinking about during this time period. Uh, listened to a podcast recently, um, that was suggested. It was a webcast actually. Uh, it was, it was online. It was suggested to me by a colleague of ours up in, um, Baltimore from Dominion Capital. It's a, it, the speaker was Peter Lineman. Um, he, he has a real estate letter that comes out quarterly, I think called the, the Lineman letters where he takes data and tries to read through the line and extracts his opinions. Um, and keeping on the Sam Zell theme, 
uh, Sam Zell put out something in the 1980s in uh, the the real estate crash of 1980s that you just need to survive until ni- survive until 1985, right? And it ended up being exactly right, right? Um, so they went through a recession during that time period. But if people could just buckle down, um, cut costs, and keep their assets during that time period and come out um, in 2025 just alive, then they'd be in great shape. And Peter Linneman's thoughts on what we're going through right now is uh, it's, it's the same thing. Um, the capital markets are abnormal. So if you can just buckle down, cut costs, survive and hang on until 2024, you're going to be in great shape. Um, he described the uh, non-flow of capital and lending and the high interest rates right now as more of a lender strike rather than an absence of capital. And I thought that was really interesting. It's like there's plenty of capital on the sidelines, which we've all heard over and over again. So this stoppage of flow of money is more of a lender strike or that he says lender strike, but just people's worry about the risk of putting money out rather than there not being any money at all. Um, And the last point he made that I thought was really, really interesting is um, he he said when good, he said when good deals that pencil because it's good real estate no longer work because of capital abnormalities in hindsight, it would seem like it, it, it seemed like a great time to buy deals. So that means that what what he was saying is that multifamily real estate development deals, build to rent communities, um, all of those deals right now are starting to not cash flow or not work financially because of these interest rate hikes. Um, And his advice would be, if you can't make them work because of the debt that you are putting on these deals, but you know that it's a you know that it's a great deal as far as the real estate and fundamentals of it go. You should be raising equity and still doing that deal and figuring out for these next couple of years until these capital capital market abnormality goes away and refinance and make in you know um, roll with it then. And he said a hundred percent of the time in history in times like this when good real estate deals are passed up on um, because of financing, you're going to look back and wish you had done it. And I just thought that was really interesting. And I don't know if I agree with him on that one, um, because I still think as frothy as the market got and from the development deals and multifamily opportunities that I have seen, sellers are still matched, not matched up with buyers because of record low, because of the free money, right? Uh, people were able to go out and buy whatever. It didn't matter what the cap rate was. Um, I still don't think that pricing has matched up. But what he, I, I think what he actually means is if you are getting good pricing, if you're not just buying whatever deal out there from brokers, if you're doing the work to find a good development or find a good build-to-rent community or a well-priced multifamily uh, asset or commercial too, commercial retail, or hospitality that just because the deal doesn't work because interest rates are at 7% right now does not mean that it's a not a good deal and that you shouldn't buy it. So you should still look to raise equity and buy these deals. And as pricing continues to adjust throughout the end of 20, 
throughout the rest of 2023, maybe beginning of 2024, that this may be a great buying opportunity, no matter what interest rates are. Because on a lot of these deals, people, you know, people were just tying them up nine, 12 months ago at, you know, variable rate, putting variable rate money on it, which has obviously gone way up. So there may be some people in sticky situations that need to sell. Uh, so that's what we are looking at. That's what is in my head for opportunity. And it was interesting to hear someone as intelligent as Peter Lineman talk about how you shouldn't be scared to buy right now if the fundamentals long-term are still right. Uh, he's talking about pain for the next six to eight months. He said six to eight months is a very small scale time period um, for the, you know, you know, the evolution and maturity of a piece of real estate. So if you're in it for the long term, uh, much like we are here, just in your personal life and real estate and business, try to look at everything long term and uh, don't be afraid to execute on a deal that makes sense just because everyone else is right now. So thanks for listening and uh, we'll talk to you next week.